Tienen blister. We're two sisters. Supporting each other from across the pond. Welcome to Skin and Blister Special Edition, where we talk about our origin story. I know you've all been waiting for this, and here it is. Where we grew up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Where we grew up. That made me feel like a superhero, talking about my origin story. And the only reason I know about superheroes is because uh, I have a nine-year-old, so <laughs> I couldn't not know about superheroes at this point. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I think um, so. This is kind of a little special addition to our regular pod, just to give you a little more information about um, the commune Kez and myself grew up in, and um, hopefully. You know, that gives a background to all the everything else we talk about and our kind of little flashback stories that we have on the pod. Um, yeah, should we jump in or because you have something else to add? Yeah, I'm I'm also looking forward to this because um, I have a lot of people who listen to the pod have been asking me more about the commune where we grew up. So I think this is important for context for them. Um, and I think they will be very excited for this episode. Um, hopefully. <laughs> but we should start, yeah. Well, I th- we've already... So we're going to go through it in a bit of a order of who, what, when, where, why, just because that's... And how, just because that seems like a great way to do it. Um, but if we've already kind of covered the who, haven't we, that we're going to be talking about the commune that we grew up in. They're a world, well, they're in about four different countries, or maybe more, but mm-hmm. and they, they're kind of split up into groups of 300. The bigger one's about 300, the smaller ones are 20 to 30 mm-hmm. people. Um, the smaller ones are in the cities, the bigger ones tend to be in um, rural locations. And where we grew up was in the mountains, in a very rural location. Yes. Yes. But we also grew up in one in England as well. So um, we've moved around a bit as a family when we were younger. That is the where, Kelda. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Look at me just jumping in out of order. But we'll try and kind of you know umbrella idea of the of the um commune we probably will leave some stuff out but that's all right we'll um we'll be sure to pick it up in other episodes should we go right on to the what i thought for the what if we did like a day a day what's the word like a daily breakdown what do what do yeah a day in the life life, Um, yeah of a lady (laughs) A lady. I'm a lady <laughs> on the commune. Uh, well, the, the um, I guess a girl in the commune oh, yeah. because we were younger when we lived there. So, um, yeah, day in the life. Do you want to go for it or you want me? Uh, we could just, I think we should just do one and then jump in. So 5.30 alarm goes off. Um, then you hop up, get in the shower. Actually, that can be tricky because there are not that many showers per people. So you might have to 
really coordinate that. I don't um, think we ever had but, a shower in yeah. the morning. Did you? You had a shower? Yeah, I did. I showered in the mornings, usually. I think. Wait. No. <laughs> Listen. Okay. Listen to mine, then, because this is already gone off the road. Okay. 5.30, you do your... wake up, it's time for chores. So my chore was to go to the laundry and put the wash on for 350 people. Imagine that. They did have massive washing machines, so I... Um, you know, that helped for sure. But I would have to trudge through the snow for about half a mile. That's like a kilometer and a half for, for the Brits. Actually. But anyway, um, and then 6, 6.30 was 6.15 was breakfast. Yeah. Did you do laundry too? I did. Yeah, that when too. I was about 17. Yeah, I think I did that. Okay. You know, I want to interject something here. Uh, what is more weird than knowing how everyone's underwear looks. See? Yeah. Um, yes. All the so, laundry was done in like a communal place in a, in like a massive yeah. laundry room per se. Right. There was loads of dryers, loads of washers, and there mm-hmm. was like a team that did all the laundry. So washed, fo- dried, folded, and then put on a shelf and each family mm-hmm. had a shelf. So then you'd go and pick up the laundry. Yeah. And, and you each had a day that you brought your laundry. So, you know, so that not everyone was bringing it at once. Mm-hmm. Like ours was Thursday and we'd bring it the night before, then it would be washed. And the next day we'd go pick up the folded yeah. laundry. It's actually really nice. I wish someone would do that for me now. Oh, you need like a little commune in your house. Okay, I do. So then 6.15 was breakfast and that was about half mm-hmm. an hour. Uh, then start. Right? Then start yeah. was basically for 17-year-olds. I mean, were you still going to high school at 17? I think for part of it, and then I graduated a year early. Yeah. Did you? So I graduated in three years. Maybe uh, let's do it as if we've think... already graduated, because the high school, I mean, will take up the Yeah. But if, so yeah. if you were doing start, yeah, that was like another chore. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would go back to the laundry, and I would clean the laundry room so you had to clean like the floors all the shelves Mm. with the lint the massive lint thing oh yeah uh so that was me from kind of 7 30 till 9 i think i went and cleaned like the communal building you know um where the the dining room where like 300 people would sit um, which that's quite crazy. Like you go, it's like long rows of tables and chairs and you go put like all the chairs up on top of the tables, chairs. you know, sweep yeah. mop. Yeah. Sweep mop, then take them down and you clean the bathrooms. Um, and yeah. And the kitchen and all of that, all the floors in that area. Yeah. So that was kind of like a, a little time where cleaning happened if you were married and had kids you would take that time you would stay 
at your house from that time and basically clean and you know clean up after the kids and clean your house and and then and if you were a man you would go to the your respective job around the property yes that's true so for the women it was more like a cleaning job for the men they would generally get on with whatever tasks they were doing that day so then at nine um Calder, what was your job for the day? Um, it varied, but for a while it was doing the laundry. And my favorite, um, some of it was in the factory. Um, and my favorite thing was uh, working in the communal kitchen. I loved that. It was such a nice, like, um, warm, fun place to be, like, with with your friends and... Um, you got to be creative with the food and it was definitely for me like the top job that I could have. Yeah, that that was that was a good time. We used to do that on Saturdays. Like all the all the high school age girls would go there and make dinner for, yeah, for the whole That was family. so fun. Um my job at seventeen I'm remembering was um, I would pack boxes in the factory, so I would go and do that. And I think we used to sometimes work together. Do you remember that? Yeah, we yeah, did. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So it was. It was always good if there was someone around that was your age, so you could kind of chat with them and mm-hmm. um, obviously get the work done. And I mean, it has stood me in good stead. I'm very good at getting the tape straight on boxes which is a good skill. <laughs> a very important a skill, skill to, to learn. learn. Uh, <laughs> I remember I was, I think like when I was younger, even I was in charge of like getting all the orders out in one part of the factory. And I felt like really good about it. I would always be like pushing everyone, like, come on, we have to get these 30 done. Like right now. It was like, I found like a lot of pride in um, micromanaging people. So that has continued into my adult life as well. So we did all this and we, so part of the commune is you don't get paid for what you do, but you do get room and board as, and, and people doing your laundry and people feeding you. Um, so that. And caring, caring for your kids. And, so it's yeah. something to consider is that it's, the commune doesn't have a money system at all. So in, it's a closed ecosystem, yeah. basically. Like everyone has a task and produces for the commune, except for they do have a factory, which is how they make their money. Sure. But um, no one ha- individually has that money. It's the the commune's money. Yeah. So I mean, we did know what money was, but in essence, we didn't touch money or like see money till we mm-hmm. um, left the commune which is quite an interesting uh like sociological uh, yeah it's really weird once when i left and got a job i i didn't know how to like it took me a long time to count change i was like working a cash register because i wasn't familiar with like i knew how it looked and what each one was but because I wasn't familiar with it, it, it took me quite a long time to count people's change back. Yeah, yeah, good observation. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't know 
much about the money side of things. But then, okay, so then 12 o'clock rolls around and, oh, shit, we didn't have lunch. One of the pet peeves of mine. (laughs) Um, Yes, we, uh, for a long time, when we were teenagers mostly, we didn't have lunch, um, which was... Uh, a little bit desperate for me since I live to eat. <laughs> yes, exactly. But so yeah. at twelve o'clock, you would have a meeting, kind of like an. So everyone mm-hmm. would come together, not like the small kids, but everyone else um, would come together in the you know in one of the bigger rooms, and you would. Uh, they were very into singing, and then maybe someone would say something. Um, or read a little story. Yeah, or, always with, a bit with of like a Christian basis to it. So, so that mm-hmm. would happen, and then it was rest time. However, if you were seventeen, um, there was no rest for the wicked. You would kind of have another job. <laughs> so it would be similar to the start, yeah. where you would either go do like some cleaning or. Sometimes we would just go back to the factory, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so back to the factory till yeah. maybe five, and then and then yeah. what happened at five? At five, you <laughs> had yeah, another job. Five. <laughs> if you were 17, you, uh, like, so basically, if you are unattached and single there, like, you have a lot of jobs <laughs> you wear a lot of hats um so the goal is at least in my mind was to get married asap so you could work less <laughs> yeah <laughs> and have your own apartment um but yeah so you'd have another job till 5 30 so that might be, and it was usually yeah, a cleaning. So that might be like so all the kids would go or you know all the little kids would go to one kind of mini you know school but for like babies i guess so maybe you would be cleaning yeah. that or cleaning the that facility the, you yeah. know secondary school kids um mm-hmm. or cleaning the factory or cleaning you know it would be something along these lines or uh finishing yeah. up dinner for um which was at seven right seven seven thirty yeah seven for the adults the the little kids would eat dinner um, when they were still at school, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, like, 4.30. Yeah. And, then, um, and then they'd go home and go to bed pretty early. Like, they'd all be in bed by, like, 6.37. Um, and then the adults and the older kids would have dinner together at 7. Yeah, and then... Um, often they'd have a members meeting so uh, both Kez and myself were never members because you needed to go through a process to become a member which I didn't go through Um, and so if they had a members meeting we would usually um, (laughs) do a bit more cleaning (laughs) Or we would uh, watch, we'd usually watch the kids, kids. that's what I did. Like, I'd be assigned to watch the kids on, like, 
one floor of one of the big buildings and I would pace up and down the halls checking in on them yeah and if like they were bad you had to deal with that even though you were still a kid yourself but we we felt pretty fed up at 19 I think because you had a lot of responsibility yeah I felt like an adult I would say I'm I'm more more responsible than I am now by quite a lot me I definitely was too (laughs) (laughs) oh dear (laughs) it's quite weird I felt like I was an adult since I was like 10 and then I left and became like a wild child and now I'm just like living my best life yeah and then I mean then it was pretty much time for bed and then you know start again at 5.30 and if you wanted some people stayed up later and you could like you know, couples or younger couples, they'd host like little game nights or like chat nights where you'd go like talk with them or play Yahtzee or something. Oh yeah, Yahtzee was um, uh, or cards. Games. We played a lot of a lot of cards, which was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, we played some good board games. Um, and then uh, what I was gonna say is. Oh, no oh, TV, yeah, no, 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 no entertainers, no just... smartphones, no internet, no... Yeah. Uh, I mean... Board games music. and talking. I mean, they do have music, but it, it was all like CD players, so you'd have to listen mm-hmm. to whatever CDs they had, which were, you know, the... Few and far were, between. Okay. It was uh, a mixture of classical, folk, and musicals. Yeah, yeah. I think we've pretty much covered what. Um, mm-hmm. When? When was it? This was, I mean, this was what, 10, 10, 15 years ago? 15 years ago, yeah. Uh, and we, I left when I was 18. When did you leave? I left when I was 19. I had a stint living by myself um, when I was 18 to 19, like in one of the other communes. By myself, I mean, like not with our family. I think you did too. Yeah. Maybe let's go on to where and we can say, so we grew up in, so I was born in the US, then immediately we moved to the UK where the same commune, but just in the UK. And then we went back to the US. Mm-hmm. So most of our yeah. growing up was done in the US um, in upstate. Yeah, I was born in the UK and then we spent a year in the US, which is when you were born. Um, but our parents were from the UK. So we only became, you became an American citizen because you were born there, but I only became an American citizen at like 18. Okay, yeah. You had to go through the process of getting it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. When I was 18, it was quite interesting. So yeah, I'm a dual citizen now, but you always were, I think. Yes, I got that just by being born here. Or there. Yeah. Oh my god. Where am I? There. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, then when we were eighteen and nineteen, so I, I moved to Florida. They have a small community there of about twenty people. I moved there when I was seventeen, and um, I actually asked to leave when I was sixteen, 
But instead of leaving, they said, go experience this smaller community because I'd only ever lived on the bigger one. So I went there for a year, uh, kind of 17 to 18. And that was very interesting. They had a cleaning company. So I, uh, I used to clean these massive houses in kind of, you know, very wealthy area of Florida for a year, which was quite a experience. What about yourself? Quite the contrast. Um, yeah, I, wow, that's interesting to you asked to leave at 16 because the whole time, like I had left already and I was thinking like, I didn't think you were going to leave. Like I, cause we didn't talk to each other about it. Did we, no, not we kind at of all. kept our cards under the table until we actually left. Um, but I, at 18 or 17, I moved to a different commune from our parents, but also in New York and it was kind of a farm commune. They grew a lot of cattle there, um, for our meat. We basically grew all our own meat and veg um, for the most part. And uh, I stayed there for a year or so, and then I asked to leave um, as well. And, yeah, and then I ended up in Asheville after that. And why did you ask to leave? Um, I asked to leave because I think one of the most glaring things to me was, like, it's there weren't equal rights for women as men like we had it was a very um old-fashioned like patriarchal system so um the women were kind of second-class citizens and i'm i'm sure they wouldn't see it that way but that's the way i saw it um like i think they would probably say that women there just have different roles than men um, but for me, like I wanted a chance to, uh, do what I wanted and, you know, have it a lot more independence. And, um, and so, and I also, you know, honestly, people ask why I left, like, I just wanted adventure. Like, I think a, a lot of it was, I was just really bored yes. yeah. and, and I wanted to experience life outside um so like people people ask like was it scary um it must have been so hard to like leave your home honestly <laughs> it wasn't scary to want to leave like it was like exciting um i think the scariness happened after i had left and realized what a big bad world it was and how hard it was to navigate but the leaving itself for me was like a start of a new adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? Uh, probably similar reasons for leaving. I, um, I didn't always feel like they. Uh, I felt like it was there was a bit of inequality. Um, different people were treated differently. You, you know, you said the the women versus the men, but there was also kind of a hierarchy there. Um, and, mm. you know, certain families and certain people were treated differently to others. And I, you know, didn't want to sign up for 
for that for life and also there is i mean there is a point where either you join or you don't so i think it was like mm-hmm. i yeah i don't i can't really buy into this um i don't feel very passionate about this way of life and i want to see what else is out there and i think it's very common i mean it's very common for um you know that age group as well to want to explore and spread their way and see what mm-hmm. else is out there in the in the world um so i ended up in london in my in my um you know long skirt and head covering Gosh, I guess this is the how, because this is interesting that describe like that day when you left and ended up in London. Yeah, sure. So our other sister was living in London. So I, um, I went to live with her and she picked me up at the airport, but I, I must have looked quite, you know, I must have stood out from the crowd because they didn't want to let me through customs. They said, oh, you're not, you know, you're, you can't go through. Cause you know, I, I was like, well, I'm coming here to live with my sister. And you know, they wanted, um, I don't know, like they are like customs is quite um, strict anyway, but then pulled out mm-hmm. my expired British passport and I think they had to let me through because of that but yeah so I almost got sent back um but then oh my gosh here but then I just remember I was walking around Hackney which is a part of East London and I felt like I'd landed on Mars or something I, I just like nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean I wasn't scared or anything I was just like my brain was like so confused because I'd come from a city actually I was living in a city for a year but it was a very small city in London so I've you know a big Mm -hmm. um quite dirty quite old city and uh, yeah my Mm -hmm. I was just so um confused I think for about a year my brain was like still trying to sort everything and I would get lost all the time because uh, I, I think it's just so much information. It, it really. Yeah, the last thing is interesting because we were used to processing like directions, distances, all of that in a totally different way, weren't we? Like we we didn't grow up navigating anywhere because like we lived in this very small commune and like, you know, where exactly where everything is. Yeah. So you don't have to like learn how to get from place to place really i never really thought about that before but that is that happened to me as well i was like when i think back to how i viewed like distance and direction and stuff then it was like completely different to how i see it now yeah because where we lived was like it was like a mini world wasn't it you had everything right Mm -hmm. there yeah you would go to right in this one yeah like you would uh, uh, yeah your work was right there your you know your food everything you, you didn't really leave the property except for you know when we went to high school then then we left for you know for the day but even then you were driven there you were driven back so it wasn't like mm-hmm. you had to learn any routes um yeah so interesting but how about when you left what was like your 
probably what was like the sho- most shocking thing? Uh, I remember so like I was dropped off at the airport with a ticket um, to Asheville, and I was in like my long dress um, and my trainers yeah. <laughs> sneakers, um, and I was just like walking. So I had a layover in um, Detroit airport which was like massive and i just remember like walking through it like completely stunned like i'm surprised i got to Asheville that i managed to navigate the airport yeah that's quite amazing isn't it Um, it was an interesting thing in that we were so naive in some ways but also so kind of Growing Growing up, up. and we knew how to, you know, we knew how to take care of kids. We were excellent cooks. We had all these life skills, but Mm -hmm. then we had like these massive gaps. Yeah, opening a bank account. So strange. Zero comprehension. Credit. Yes. A job. Like resume. (laughs) What? Money. (laughs) But we've been working so hard as well. One of the things I noticed when I came here, I was suddenly like, there's nothing. I I moved here and I had a job lined up through um, our sister's friend. So that was, you know, that was really good. But that was going to start in two months. So I just remember going absolutely nuts from... Like, because I had to work. You Mm. know, we had to work so hard. And then I came... 20 year and yeah. I so I ended up painting our sister's house, recarpeting it. Um, oh my gosh, like a, and I, I, I kept cleaning it as well. Can I have a little, little one of you when you're seven or 18? Because my house needs some painting and get your renovating. brush out and paint it yourself, lady. No. <laughs> Greg the guru do it when he's there I like I was so uncomfortable with sitting still like I could not I remember because I stayed with this family um in Asheville I was like helping nanny their kids um and and uh I just remember like cooking and cleaning and then like I don't know, like walking all the time around their neighborhood, just, and I didn't have a job lined up and it was 2010. So it's the middle of the recession in a tourist town. It was bad here. Like there were, it was wild. There were no jobs, no jobs at all, especially not for someone who had like, who didn't know what they were talking about. So I remember I made resumes like with the help of the family I was living with and they would drop me off like, you know, downtown or whatever. And I would just go to every single restaurant and shop with my resume. And it took me two months to find like a minimum wage job. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Difficult. I mean, they should have, you know, they, yeah, we, we had really good skills in that we were really, you know, we, we were very hardworking, but it it must've been hard because I think our people. Social skills were zero. I did not know how to interact with people at all. They must like 
when I talked to people, they must have been like, who is this yeah, person? Yeah, we didn't really, we didn't have small talk on the commune because if you imagine, as weird as mm-hmm. it sounds or as kind of unlikely as it sounds, it was almost like those 300 people that you lived with were all your family because you knew a lot about them. You, mm-hmm. you know, ate, you knew ate their ate family history. Yeah. Um, so it was, you didn't do small talk. It was more of a, and there's like, they have, you know, the, the, uh, the adults are very respected, you know, and there's quite a lot of like, mm-hmm. how would you explain it? There's quite a lot of like discipline, but it, or more like a yeah. hierarchy in that, like at 17, you just yeah, yeah. knew the adults were like, way above you yeah and you're seen and not heard except by your friend like you're always chattering with your friends like you you have like a very um like built-in you know friend group where you have all the inside jokes and um and but you don't like chat away with adults like you don't you have either deep conversations with them or like they're telling you what how to do things but you're not mostly not like really chatting with them so you don't learn how to like interact with anyone except for your peers who already like you know it's like yeah it's like a giant family of 300 people really i guess what i would say as we're wrapping up would you say we're wrapping up? Yeah. Is we grew up in this, you know, fairly unusual situation that our parents chose. And both of us didn't choose it. But we can look at that. I mean, I look at it as like, okay, they chose that. That is where I grew up. And so it is part of my story. But, um, and like it, it does influence, I guess, the, you know, the rest of our lives. But I also look at everyone else and I'm like, okay, like everyone has a story from there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, I think it's, it's very interesting and somewhat unusual, but it's also, um, you know, it shapes who we are. What am I trying to say, Kelda? Help me. Help. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I think you're trying to say like, you know, we had a unique childhood, um and but we didn't choose it necessarily, and we've now chosen our lives now. Um, and we kind of came, we were birthed into the world as little aliens, essentially, because, you know, you think about it, we came from an entirely different world. But now, like, you know, the the older I get, like, the more I, I realize, like, we all have our shit, right, that, that shaped us. And now we're all just trying to be functional adults. Yeah. 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 You lo- you love you love to make the gingerbread man at Christmas. And I gingerbread. I don't even like uh, gingerbread. You sent me a picture of gingerbread man. Those were shortbread cookies, FYI, with dark chocolate on them. Oh my god, oh my so gosh. good. Yeah, but exactly. 
so much better than gingerbread yeah, ginger honestly sucks, but very good for structure it does yeah um <laughs> you love to do the like we're still really good cooks which is a massive plus of having to cook like i used to have to i cooked for 20 people for a year so i cooked for 300 people for a while <laughs> You that was wild that was a wild ride for sure but yeah it it does like we i'd say we gained a lot of useful skills from our childhood and then some not so great uh hang-ups stumbling exactly. blocks as well so just like everyone else i think yeah we'll never know because we never were in everyone else's situation but yeah i think that kind of covers it and um Thanks for yeah. listening and like, have so a sleazy. good week and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to Skin and Blister. If you have questions or comments, please email us at skinandblisterpod at gmail.com. Hey, Sad. Um, will you do? Will you cut out the the rat in Swan's clothing and just do it as a little thing on the on the intro of that bonus edition that we just recorded? I can like, try that. Just yeah. to.